Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, that does it. The slow torture that was the 2023 season is officially over. The Yankees play their 162nd game and lose the weekend series against the Kansas City Royals. Again, this is a team 50 games under 500. Uh, not that it really matters either way, but at least the good news is that the Yankees do finish 82-80. and 80, So at least have the dignity of having their 31st consecutive winning season. If you want to put a feather on something, I guess that would be it. Uh, but again, drop the weekend series to the Kansas City Royals. Two games to one there. So we'll hop into this, this final weekend series there. And of course, um, after the game, they, you know, some of the reporters went over the judge's locker. Uh, he has a couple of interesting comments. So we're getting all that. So before we do, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So long off season ahead. So, you know, maybe not as updated as frequently, but there will be enough frequent updates on this. You know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. We have the rest of the baseball season to go. And of course, you know, a lot of decisions to be made with this team. Who should they trade? Who should they, what free agency they take? I'm sure there'll be some controversy, you know, with Hal sending out his uh, third-party consultants there and kind of examining the Yankee team up and down, what information they're going to come back with. So a lot of good stuff to come in the offseason there, so the show's not going away. So make sure you're clued in, you're locked in. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you're listening right now. Hit subscribe and get notified when new episodes go up. And you also want to check out the YouTube channel. Again, that's also going to be refreshed, even though, you know, baseball is finished. Uh, But again, the Yankees and baseball and other related topics too, like, um, you know, I've been talking to a couple of guys involved than, you know, sports cards and designing uh, displays for sports cards. So, you know, stay within the baseball realm, but there'll be a few things off topic. Maybe get a couple of book authors, people have written baseball books, or just in general, so general baseball enthusiasm. So mixing all that as well. Uh, so, again, if you want to get all that stuff, make sure you subscribe here as well as go to the YouTube t- channel, Section 420 Talking Yankees, subscribe there as well. So the Yankees roll in here, uh, the final weekend series uh, against Kansas City. And this is, I'll say of, of all the three games, I guess the worst part, I mean, you could say there's good things and bad things, but probably the biggest story of them all would be uh, th- that first game, the Friday night game with Carlos Rendon, um, absolutely ineffective, getting his doors blown off, responsible for nine runs in the first inning, could not record one out um, with you know 34 pitches there. And not only is he terrible and ineffective, but also had a little issue with uh, uh, Matt Blake, the pitching coach coach came up to for a mound visit and it seemed his body language you know you got to understand he was upset a little bit he was kind of turning away from almost like turning his back halfway i mean you know you see how these guys when the pitching coach comes out usually everyone leans in you put the the glove over your mouth you talk you don't like turn your body away you almost never see that so a little dis- indiscretion by him and of course rendon after the game apologized for it and it was even stated that possibly if this was like during a you know a more because you know if the season was a little bit more online they possibly would even find him for this but I guess with the game not meaning anything I guess they just didn't want to bother doing that but nevertheless bad sign from Rendon and uh, if you go over to the YouTube channel I also kind of did a little rant on this as well but I guess I'll just share it here as too is that. Uh, you know, this guy's has been a little, obviously on the field stuff has been just a disappointment with the injuries, uh, but at the off the field stuff too, just like, you know, you saw the issue and he was getting booed by Yankee fans in Anaheim, he blew a kiss, and now you do this, and, and you kind of wonder about this guy, this guy's attitude, um, you know, I was, I was never really sure what his reputation was, you know, what he's with, with the White Sox in, in San Francisco, either way. He came here, he was kind of a little bit of a character guy, you know, with the whole mustache and thing. But, you know, you got to wonder, this guy, is, is this like a little bit of a malcontent? You know, does he have a little A.J. Burnett in him? Where is this going to be moody a little bit? Or, you know, remember Jack McDowell giving the Yankee fans the finger one time he was getting booed off the mound? Or someone like this Randy Johnson who just never really fit in here. So, you got to go wonder about this guy's attitude. Again, seems everybody kind of gets along with them, but I don't know. There might be something there with this guy, but again, yeah, the Yankees are stuck with him for another five years. And this game was pretty much over in the first inning. Now, the Yankees would have a little sign of life with a three-run home run by Austin Wells, uh, scored DJ and Judge there. 
Um, now, Wells would also have an RBI ground out a little later on, but of course, you know, this game was going to, the Yankees never really got in, mounted any sort of real legitimate comeback. And then later on, Bobby Witt Jr. with a home run pushed the uh, Royals lead to 12 to 5, and then that, was, that would be your final score. But the story again is uh, Carlos Rendon in his last start. You know, you think maybe as bad as the season was, you want to kind of put a good impression on this at least going into the offseason, but no, this leaves a bad taste in mouth and just a miserable first season. I can't remember someone signing a big deal like that, 102. $62 million and hurt, ineffective, and just being overall terrible. And if you go to, again, the most recent uh, YouTube episode, uh, you'll see I kind of break down his numbers in. It's, again, it wasn't good in this season. Uh, you know, 14 starts, you know, 64 innings, an ERA almost of seven. It's just a complete disappointment. He only had maybe two or three games where you're like, all right, that's pretty good. But, um, again, a miserable season for him, and he's, he needs to turn around next year. So that'll be one of the issues that, you know, obviously the Yankees have to work on during the offseason. And then for the next game, it was a little bit enjoyable because, um, you know, the Yankees did fall in an early hole 2 to nothing. Uh, Clark Schmidt uh, made the start there. Now, Schmidt only went four innings, uh, but the Yankees down 2 nothing in the fourth inning. Played a little small ball, so got RBI hits by Oswaldo Cabrera as well as Everson Pereira would eventually tie the game 2-2 at that point. And then in the sixth inning, Yankees, again, just doing a little base Baseball, contact hitting, just getting hits, simple stuff, not trying to pull the ball and hit a three-run or two-run home run. I would also get some RBI hits from Esteban Florio as well as Gleyber Torres would push the Yankee lead up to 5-2, to two, and that would be your final score. Uh, Yankees, uh, again, a little comeback win there. And, again, that's what you want to see, and that's what the Yankees have to get to towards next year. Again, you like the home runs, but a little just, just contact hitting baseball, just sitting the ball, you know, over the second baseman's head or through the hole there. Uh, again, not pulling the ball and then yanking yourself into a, a ground ball double play or, or swinging and missing and whiffing with, you know, with runners on there. So uh, good job there by the Yankees and some future Yankees involved there. Of course, Cabrera and Floreal and, of course, Torres is here, we know, but, again, he'll probably be back, you know, of course, he's going to be back next year as well, even though he's been around here while he's still a young guy again you want to see the young guys do that and contribute that as well as Pereira I mean that's what you're looking for going to into next season uh, you know with this Yankee team more contact hitting there so good satisfying 5-2 win there I guess the undercard of that game though was the one appearance by Frankie Montas so he finally made it to the majors leagues now he also stole a win here which is something fair to Clark Schmidt so they took Schmidt out after four innings Put Montas in there. So since, since technically he pitched across the, the fifth inning there when the Yankees took the lead, he became the pitcher of record. Pitching into one out into the sixth, and then they yanked him. But for his 1.1 innings of work, he earned a win. So is uh, is again his lone uh, Yankee appearance there for the season, um, which is just unbelievable. Uh, he pitches one one in one third inning, gets a win, and that's that's what the Yankees uh, paid his whole yearly salary on uh, just for that one appearance there. So uh, hats off to the Yankees on that one. Again, of course, he had the offseason surgery to start the season when they didn't even diagnose he had a shoulder problem during the entire offseason. So this is one of the other follies that has been going on with this organization again over the past couple of seasons. Uh, Frankie Montas. So you know, th- thanks for sticking your head in the door for a couple of minutes there. So to the final game here, where uh, Yankees were really never in it, down by. A five nothing by the end of the fifth inning, and then of course with a couple of runners on DJ and Judge, kind of fluff knocks them in with a two run hit there, brings the Yankees a little closer for five to two, but that would be it. And the Yankees getting bested by Zach Granke of all people, you know, coming in at one and fifteen and an ERA about six. Uh, but the Yankee offense really wasn't able to do anything against him. And disappointing a little bit for Michael King because he'd been in on a good role there. Again, had the sh- two strong starts in a row against Arizona and Toronto, uh, but, but gave up a couple home runs in this one. Even Johnny Brito, who's been pretty good out of the bullpen, gives up one other as well. So Yankees pitching surrenders four home runs in the game there. 
and the Yankee offense and not able to do anything else. And they got to take the final game as a loss, a whimpering loss by the score of uh, 5-2, to which was kind of duplication of the, the Saturday night win, which was a 5-2 to win, now a 5-2 to loss. And the game itself, Zach Ranke, a uh, longtime veteran pitcher, might it be his final game. If you may recall, he actually came up with the Kansas City Royals and then bounced around baseball a little bit with uh, you know Arizona, Houston, uh, even the Yankees were talking about maybe getting him at some point, but he always had that problem where he had an anxiety problem, so he could never play in a big city or you know any place like New York or Boston. Those eat him alive. So you know the Yankees did have interest in him very early in his career, but uh, obviously he just shied away. And now it looks like he come full circle again, possibly through his last you know game. So for him it was a win, and coming home to Kansas City where he first broke into the league. So again, full circle effort for Zach Greinke. So yeah. I got nothing really bad to say anything about Zach Greinke anyways. He's kind of one of those guys that had talent, but again, this kind of this whole thing where he couldn't pitch in any high-pressure towns like Boston, New York, Philly, like that, where the you know, fans are locked in and rabid, and if he has a bad start, they'll you know, kill him. And he would probably just melt here, so that's never happened. And I remember one game with him at the old Yankee Stadium when he was, was a good pitcher. He came in in the first inning. He just, I don't remember what year it was. It was definitely at the old stadium, but he just got lit up. I remember that part about him. I know this is part of the thing where he's getting, he just knew he couldn't pitch here there. So, you know, so that, that, that writes the book there on Zach Ranke. And of course, after the game, the final out, Judge was sort of sitting there, you know, said it's going right into the clubhouse. He got, kind of saw him a little bit looking at the field and he's probably thinking things over and trying to soak in this moment. I'm sure he's like, hey, I never want to feel like this again. So hopefully he takes that sort of that bitter pill with him and, you know, helps drive him during the offseason and going into 2024. Now, they did go over to his locker, and he kind of had some interesting comments. Now, he strongly backed Boone, said he's a good manager, he communicates well, he holds guys accountable. You know, if somebody's out of line and does something wrong, he calls them to the office. So, Judge was very heavily in favor of Boone coming back. Now, they haven't announced anything either way. And if you may have heard, you know, with the Mets, Buck Showalter announced he's not coming back next season for the Mets. Now, I don't know if that's Buck quitting or the kind of the Mets, you know, since Buck's a classy guy and he's a veteran manager, maybe they were going to fire him, but they, 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 but they went to Buck and said, hey, look, we're not going to, like, fire you and give you that indignity, but if you just want to announce on your own that you're not coming back, we'll do it that way, just so at least you can hold your head up a little better versus you getting fired, which is always, like, a negative. So, you know, they probably extended Buck that courtesy. So right now there's been no official word given about what the state of Boone's going to be. Boone expects to be back. Uh, but Judge kind of gave him a little extra shot in the arm saying, yes, you know, Boone's the right man for the job for this one. The Cashman one was interesting because when it came to that fire Cashman night a couple of Fridays ago at the stadium, Judge was always like, no, it's on us, the players. We got work to do. Look at us, the players. Get mad at us, the players. So almost saying like kind of deflecting off Cashman a little bit. This time around a little bit different where he just wasn't, he wasn't as enamored as uh, Cashman coming back next season as he was with Boone. Boone's definitely cut and dry. You see what it was with Cashman. It was kind of like, you know, we'll see how that works out, which is kind of like, well, you're not saying you don't want him back, but you're not exactly going out of your shoes to endorse him. So that's a little weird situation there with, by Judge. But he also had a couple other interesting things that are saying. Obviously, he said he wants to meet with Hal and Brian, but mainly with Hal almost as soon as possible, almost as soon as next week to, you know, find out what they need to do to get the ship right for 2024. But he did kind of mention the analytics and saying that some of the younger players might have been messed up with that. Now, Judge mentioned that he filters out the analytics. So they might present him with some numbers, but he kind of self-determines on what numbers you follow, what numbers... He should have followed. Now, he didn't get into the weeds of what he actually meant, what type of stats he was talking about, but he did reference that, for example, Oswaldo Cabrera, who seemed like to take a little step back this season, might have gotten too into the analytics and swings and stuff like that, which kind of messed up his swing, which makes sense because he was good for the Yankees when he came up last season. This season, not the same type of play, a bit of a disappointment. Again, he was kind of a slash hitter, occasional home run. Last season, was great for the Yankees. He could play almost any position. 
This season, all right, he can still play the defense, but the hitting was not as close as it was last season. Again, he's a guy that Judge mentioned that might have fallen into the analytics a little bit as well. Someone like Anthony Volpe. Uh, again, a little too much there, and we're hit, where he's hitting close to 200 there. Uh, so Judge seems to be someone where he's presented with stats or something like that, and he kind of looks at it and says, well, I'll make my own determination. And they have to filter that. Maybe that's why some of these young guys got all just thrown out of whack. So, hey, look, it kind of makes sense if that's the case. Uh, and as mentioned earlier in the episode, Hal Steinbrenner is going to do this deep dive, looking at analytics of all sorts of stuff for this team, getting trades, how they're doing things, and kind of getting an assessment of, you know, what do they need to look at, you know, versus they not need to look at, and are they looking at the wrong stuff there? So some kind of interesting uh, comments there by Aaron Judge. So that's the season. It ends there. Very disappointing. I remember opening day there against the San Francisco Giants. You know, Judge is the captain, just signed a new contract. It's an opening day home run. Everything's going great there. Cole with a strong start. And the Yankees kind of really, you know, kind of fell a little bit back, you know, third, second place, third place, like that. But you're like, yeah, don't worry. They'll turn it around. They'll turn it around. They'll turn it around. They'll turn it around. And then next thing you know, you know, by June, they're in last place. And you're kind of, all right, but they're in last place. But again, it's a tough division. It's only eight games back. They go, this get on a hot streak. They'll get going there. And of course, you have the judge falling through the wall there in the Dodger Stadium, hurting the toe. He's out for like 50-something games there. And again, the Yankee offense around him never able to pick him up and should have been the excuse because even without Judge, they had a relatively soft schedule most of the time. And just the Yankee you know, offense was just anemic, terrible. And that pitcher was bad too. They, again, they had a lot of casualties such as Nesta Cortez because Rodon is out for a while. And then, yeah, great. You got a perfect game from Herman. And then a, a week or two ladies off the team for personal problems. So this is a bizarre season. It, it just never clicked in. They never really got that momentum going where you get everyone going on the same page and you get a good, strong run. We were all waiting for that hot streak to come. It just never came, unfortunately, for the Yankees. And now they fall short. And on the outside looking in and watching other teams uh, having fun. But, again, at least the best thing I guess you could take away. Um, and I kind of broke this down in the recent YouTube episode of Garrett Cole. Uh, some of the numbers he put up. So you're definitely probably looking at American League Cy Young Award win for Garrett Cole. So that'd be, you know, it's a personal accolade. It doesn't really help there. And, of course, the Yankees finishing at 82-80. and 80, And you don't have the indignity of finishing under 500 with, you know, this type of payroll and the names on it, which would be a complete embarrassment. But it's embarrassing enough to be even under 90 wins with this Yankee team. So that's the episode. So, again, there's still a lot more to go. So I know the Yankee season's over, but Section 420 Talking Yankees isn't. So a lot more stuff to go. So if you're listening, wherever you're listening right now, make sure you subscribe. Get notified. New episodes will be coming out. And, again, hop over to the YouTube channel and subscribe there as well and cover all the bases. Catch you very soon.